Win stacks of cash by entering the 150K Crack the Code giveaway. Brought to you by your local paper, now through July 14th. Look for the code on page A2. Then visit 150kgiveaway.com and submit your entry. You could win the grand prize of $100,000. Grab the paper every day. Get the code on page 2A and improve your chances to win tons of weekly cash prizes. Visit 150kgiveaway.com for details. From the feature staff at the Columbus Dispatch, this is Life in the 614. Hi, and welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle podcast of the Features Department at the Columbus Dispatch, coming to you every Thursday. If it sounds like fun, we'll be talking about it. I'm Ryan Smith, Features Editor at the Dispatch, and today is a day of firsts that we hope you're excited about. What's the first first, Patrick? We're celebrating the first year of life in the 614. That was Patrick, our web producer, speaking for the first time in 54 episodes. So technically, that's today's first first. But he's exactly right. It's been a year since the Life in the 614 podcast debuted on June 27th, 2018, with a show about a local roller derby team. The episodes that followed featured a variety of personalities from the local art scene, including the heads of the Columbus Museum of Art, Opera Columbus, and Ballet Met. But we also interviewed celebrities coming through the area for performances, authors, actors, singers, and more, including John Cusack, Bela Fleck, and Death Cab for Cutie. And sometimes, we even brought together our department's collective knowledge for roundtables on this year's best concerts, or what to expect when Avengers Endgame hit theaters. It hasn't always been smooth sailing, though. When Dispatch reporter Ken Gordon and I spoke with actor and singer and author William Shatner, who was coming to town for a screening of The Wrath of Khan, he tried to stir up a little bit of trouble between us. Ryan! Hi, how are you, Mr. Shatner? So good, Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us today. I we really appreciate it. To getting it right. Did I get it right? You did. Ryan and Ken, you're right. Yep. Who spoke first, Ryan? Yes, that's me. And I am Ken. So, Ryan, I just took a guess that since you got the first billing, that you would speak first, although Ken is very jealous. <laughs> We don't compete here. We're partners. You know, in a relationship as long as you guys have had, there's a little, a little, you know, he said and I didn't. (laughs) Are you trying to start something between us, I think? No, but is it true or not? And some of our guests sounded a little dangerous. I mean, okay, maybe not threatening, but annoying? At least, that's what it sounds like professional wrestler Alexa Bliss was going for when she became a villain. So what's the secret to being a bad girl? So I do a lot of people watching. I take a lot of inspiration from people that I've seen or have known in the past. And I watch people a lot. And if something that someone does irritates me, I'm like, okay, that's probably going to irritate someone else. So I kind of mimic people around me and, you know, girls that I've known or girls that I've dealt with that are just like, you know, mean girls. And I try to kind of emulate that. And Misty Kushwa of Ohio Roller Derby is one mom I'm not going to mess with, given her nickname. Do either of you guys have a cool derby name? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, My husband actually named me 
Having the three boys, definitely. I was a soccer mom on top of all of that. And honestly, picking your name is probably one of the most fun things in Derby. My husband ended up naming me. My name's Sock Your Mom. I go by Sock for short. It is kind of like an alter ego. I can still go to like PTO meetings and have a good time. And then by the end of it, I'm honestly trying to have them come to a game. I have recruited people in the past. That's always very fun, but it's really hard to forget Sock Your Mom. It really, really is. From week to week, the real constant is that we've had a lot of fun making beautiful beautiful music together with our guests. Or, in the case of former Channel 4 anchor Cabot Ray and his daughter Cassie, who both had leading roles in a local production of The Fantastics, letting them attempt to make beautiful music together. I'm going to ask you guys to attempt something here long distance, and that is to perhaps, uh, I know you have a, a several duets together. We got about uh, maybe two minutes to try and, uh, you know, sing a snippet of what you guys do. Do you think you can try and pull this off? Try, I we guess. can try. Yeah. Let's test your pitch, Dad. Do you have perfect pitch here? Let's do a little bit of try to remember and you do the background harmony at first. No, we're going to do, that? no, let's do round and round. Oh, see, she's calling the shot. That's, uh, that's my line. <laughs> well, it would just be oh. better. Yeah, okay. We can do that. That's fine. Let's take the ending to the very end, you... the last one after India. Okay, ready? Great. We'll just This isn't going well, Ken. (laughs) All right. We need a pitch pipe. This is, I'm sorry, we're unrehearsed. Personally, my favorite guests are the most enthusiastic ones, like Emmy Beach of the Ohio History Connection, the only two-time guest outside of our department. This winter, she spoke about a Dickens of a Christmas and taught us all about the seasonal drink, wassail, or wassail, or however you pronounce it. All that matters is that she really, really likes it. You had mentioned earlier something that I had meant to ask you about, and that's having a little bit of wassail while you're there, although I'm sure I was going to mispronounce it terribly. My question really is, what is it exactly, and how does it taste? I freaking love wassail. (laughs) So, (laughs) wassail is like a spiced, cidery beverage. It's always served hot, and it's served sometimes with mulled wine or rum. There are lots of variations, and it's something that's been around for hundreds of years, but we do a take on it. You can actually get it in the Ohio Village Tavern, so if you are of age and you want to partake, it is available. We have other drinks available as well, but that's something, you know, you can take it, you can walk around Ohio Village and and really take in the season with wassail. That's one of my favorite things. One of the biggest celebrities we discussed on the podcast wasn't a person at all. It was a violin. Still, you wouldn't have known it by all the security it received while it was in town for an exhibit and concert on loan from Genoa, Italy, according to Tim Sword, president of the Greater Columbus Sister Cities International. So this is a national treasure to Italy, and it's housed in the city hall at Genoa, which is Columbus's first and oldest sister city. For this to leave the city at all is a big deal, and to leave the country is even a bigger deal. We were actually told by the folks at the customs that the special security that we ha- measures that we have to go through to protect this violin specifically is the same level that they would offer Queen Elizabeth's collection mm. if it was to move through. So it's, it's top-notch security because it's actually irreplaceable. So what can you tell us some of the different 
different levels of security that you need to go through in order to make this happen logistically? Sure. So it lives in a special case, like I said, in the City Hall in Genoa. And there is a person whose job, and he'll be visiting with us with the violin, whose job is solely to protect the image and also the actual material of this violin. His name's Bruce. And he'll be traveling and making sure that everything's done properly. But for the actual movement, it'll have an armed guard. The car has to be armored or a police car. It can't be in a situation where it's exposed to the window. So it has to have either a special safe or in the trunk of a police car. It's actually going to be handled with a handcuffed situation with the case and Bruce. So it's, it's actually a very big deal. We have special security at the museum. They're already secure because they here in Columbus have valuables, obviously already. But no, this is a big deal. Who knows? Maybe it will lead to more exchanges in the future. Well, we're going to go back over to Genoa in October. So when Tyson, Priscilla Tyson and I went there, we came back with three exchange ideas. And this will be the third of the, the three. We had a Pesto Championship, partnership with the Italian, Columbus Italian Festival, 10 local competitors. We brought in uh, judges from Genoa because this is the birthplace of Pesto. Every other year they have a world championship and our winner was sent there and competed. How do we do? No. We're going to do it again. (laughs) We're going to do it again. For an American. No, no, it was great. He was competing there, and there was 100 competitors. It's a big deal. I have to admit, I've learned a lot through these interviews, including something about the physics of singing from Peggy Creadai of Opera Columbus. So most importantly, the question that I've wanted to ask you since we spoke to set up the podcast was, can you shatter a glass using just your voice. No. Isn't that a bummer? You can't. Have you tried? (laughs) Yes, of course I've tried. (laughs) And I don't even sing that loud, but I know very loud singers, very high-pitched singers, you just can't. But it is a great myth. That one I actually, I hate dispelling because that's a good one. I've also learned that we modern people sometimes don't compare all that well to the pioneers who first settled the Northwest Territory, according to historian David McCullough. And how they wouldn't give up in the face of adversity such as very few people have ever had to cope with. Right. And it made me realize that in many ways we are all a bunch of softies compared to those (laughs) people. And particularly important for today's reality to be reminded that there were people who were not out to make money only, who were not out to become famous or to have a lot of expensive show-off possessions, but to achieve worthy purpose. And they did. They managed to do what they set out to achieve. And they did it for the community, for their family, for their church. And we are the beneficiaries. I think that it's important to remember that the lessons of history are innumerable. And certainly two of them are empathy and gratitude. To put yourself in the the other person's place. Put yourself in the place of those men and women who came out and braved that struggle. And to have gratitude for what they achieved from which we have benefited. Most of us walk around with no appreciation that all these wonderful advantages we have didn't just happen. Somebody had to make them happen and and to be indifferent to them and not care anything about them is not just to be ignorant, but to be selfish. And we should be stopping and thanking our lucky stars every day that such people preceded us and passed on these wonderful advantages and blessings of, of American life. 
That's not to say that everything's perfect. Of course, it, is. it never was. And for better or for worse, I now know how many cat videos it takes to make the cat video fest that came to the Gateway Film Center from Will Braden. There's a lot of things in the reel that no one's ever seen before because people have just submitted them to us before even, you know, putting them on YouTube or Facebook or anywhere. Then there's a lot of times where things have just have gone viral and, I, you know, over the course of the year, I find them. I find a lot of things on Reddit, you know, Instagram and Facebook, things like that. I look through between 15 and 18,000 videos every year and to call it down to a little over 100 to wow. put into the reel each year. Yeah, it's a tough job, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and even though this is information I probably will never put to use, I know how to put together the perfect outfit if I ever decide to attend a Taylor Swift concert, thanks to our conversation with two super fans. And for this upcoming concert, I have created this whole costume that has let me explain the background of it taylor has an app for all of her fans and so it's really just like the big super fans that are on there not all of them some people don't really vibe with it but there's a there's a badge that you get for getting to like the highest level and it says super swifty and so i made a cape that says super swifty on the back so it's one of those things that will connect me to other fans that are on the app because they'll recognize that and i've been planning the outfit for months and like working on it slowly little bits at a time and a lot of people think it's silly especially since i'm 20 27. You know, I'm almost Taylor's age, but I just think it's so fun. It's just like a fun way to channel my creativity and like get excited for the show. Well, I have to add that I actually just got my hair colored to look like Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. In my pictures on uh, on Twitter with my costume, my hair is like my original color. But then this past week, I was like, I want to do something different with my hair. And I just happened to find this picture of Taylor where her hair looked really cool. And I was like, never bleached my hair before, but let's try it. And so now I have Taylor hair. <laughs> <laughs> On rare occasions, the podcast accomplished, we hope, a little more than just entertainment. Maybe, just maybe, our interview with Crystal Griffith of Swenson's fast food chain will manage to win us a Pulitzer Prize for public service. As a public service, maybe let's talk about some of the quirks of going to a Swenson's. First of all, people should not get out of their cars. People should flash their lights when they're ready to order. Anything else that you can advise first-timers so they don't embarrass themselves? Yes, I love that you call it a public service because it's so true, you know. <laughs> as, as this public service announcement, please pull your car, car forward and always have it facing the building. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like, yeah, if you're if you're in the parking spots like that are closest to the building, you want to be pulling in towards the building. But if you're in the, what we call the outfield, which are the spots, you know, that kind of uh, outline the outside of the, the, the parking lot, you want to back your car in. Basically, you know, your light, your headlights become the way you communicate to your servers. So, I mean, otherwise, you know, you can't wave your arm out the window or whatever because they're jogging around so fast, you know, there's, at half the time they're not going to see you. But if you turn your lights on, that means you need service. So basically, turning your lights on for service, turning them off when you don't need them. So, and because your headlights are the things that are communicating to the servers, you want those facing the building at all times so that you can get the things that you need from, you know, at, a, at an immediate pace, you know, the way that they want to do. Ultimately, I think the most important thing we've learned is that most of our interview subjects were just as excited about Columbus as we are. Who better to express that than Captain Kirk himself? Let's end with his ruminations on the Arch City. Have I been in Columbus? Many times. Okay. Have you ever... One of my favorite cities. Why is that? Why? Yes. It's the sea in Columbus. You know, it's got a, it's got a covering. It's very uh, intimate. That sea is almost a hut. You can crawl into that sea. <laughs> 
Did you know the All-American Quarter Horse Congress was here, Mr. Shatner? I don't know if you've ever been here for that. I breed quarter horses, and I'm there. Thanks. That's exactly why I love Columbus. It's the Quarter Horse Congress. There you go. (laughs) Now. (laughs) And it's the Columbus Dispatch, which is one of my favorite things. So are we happy about the last year? Can you give us a big ooh to send us out? Yeah, thanks for having us again. Thank you. Ooh. (laughs) No, that wasn't a boo. Those were Melissa Galifo Garcia and Dante Garcia, co-owners of Columbus's Professional Futsal League, offering a traditional cheer. Trust me, it's a good thing. We hope you enjoyed this past year, too. We're looking forward to another great year of podcasts for Life in the 614 and can't wait to get started next week. Thanks to all our guests. And thank you all for listening to Life in the 614. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, keep enjoying your own life in the 614.